0: Hello, welcome to the Beyond Blocks podcast, podcast about Drupal open source and related software development topics. I'm Oliver Davis, and I'm here with guest Dan Leach. Hi, Dan, it's great to have you on the show.
1: Well, a, bit
0: about, a bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Sure, um, yeah, so I'm a PHP developer, essentially. I've been a PHP developer for many years, maybe 16 years, I'm not sure. Um, and i have been doing sort of open source type stuff for the majority of my sort of PHP lifetime. Um, so I've authored things such as PHP Bench, which is like a performance tool, which I think we'll, we'll talk about a bit later on. Uh, Factor, which is a language server thing. Um, and yeah, lots of other things, including PHP Tui, which I started like two months ago, um, which is, which is quite interesting, if you like weeks, which I think we all do, right?
0: Yeah, well, it's a bunch see of seeing some Dan and I used to work together before, uh, a few years ago, so I was able to see some of these things that Dan had mentioned um, as part of like internal sessions and things, um, and a lot of the reason, well, some of the reasons why I started to switch more to things like Vim and Tmux, were partly from seeing Dan do cool things on the, key- on the keyboard on his <laughs> session, so. <laughs> That was really cool. Um, and yeah, by that time, I think these tools seemed to get a lot more popular, I think, with newer versions of things like NeoVim and things coming along. It seemed to have sort of caught that wave. Um, as mm-hmm. Things like LSPs and um, like the big sort of 0.5 NeoVim release with the built-in stuff was, uh, yeah, I definitely caught that wave, I think, um, coming along. So you mentioned um, things like factor. I think that's, I, I hear people say factor, or have a PHP actor. I think that's yes. so. I assume factor is the right way to pronounce it.
1: Factor, factor is the right way to pronounce it. Yeah, it's it's um, somehow to do with factorization because of the exclamation mark and the P. Um, I'm not sure exactly. At, at the time, it made sense anyway. So it's factor refactoring, factorization. Fact, yeah. Yeah, um, but a lot of people do call it php actor because it's also like an actor right it's sort of it acts for you <laughs> so yes. you know, php actor is wrong um but it's it kind of works i guess it works either way yeah
0: mm-hmm. uh and then php bench is the other which which would came first with P- factor or, or php bench
1: it's it's funny actually that they were both about the same time coincidentally and so it's also about the same time that php stan and sam started so it's just kind of yeah it's kind of a weird coincidence really um but yeah i mean i started php bench because i wanted to work on um i was working on the php uh symphony cms at the time that was my first sort of open source project to work on that for about three years um And I wanted to write a new implementation of the um, Jackalope content database essentially. Um, And to do that, I wanted to make sure it's faster than the existing implementation. And I wanted to write some benchmarks for it. And that's when I I wrote PHP Bench. Um, And that's about the time that I stopped working on the Symfony CMF and I started working on on the benchmarking tool instead. Um, So that's how that started for Factor, it was about the same time. And and it was basically because the, the, the I was always frustrated, I'd been, I'd been using BIM for, I mean, since the second year of my sort of career. So, you know, I've been using it well over a decade. Um, and half of that time, the you know, the tooling just wasn't very good. Um, so I, I tried various things like, things like an, an Eclipse, you could, plug Vim into a headless Eclipse, for example. You could use um, the um, C tags to index your your stuff, but it didn't work with objects and classes. Um, and there are various, and lots of plugins as well, which you could install. And yeah, it's kind of, you could kind of do some stuff with them, um, but it, it wasn't PHP storm, right? <laughs> you know, there's no way close. close. If, if you moved a class in your project, you had to, write some janky um SED, some Perl script to, to, to iterate through all your files and, and rename the the use, the class imports and yeah, everything. It was really yeah just you just didn't move classes. You didn't want to move classes before factor, right? Because why would you? It was just it's just a time sink, like moving a class and changing its namespace. <laughs> um so that's that's how that started really, I was like, um, well, how hard can it be to write auto-completion? And so I tried to do it with regex. Um, and then I thought, no, this, is, this isn't gonna work. You know, oh, okay, I'll use the PHP parser. Um, and then I thought, yeah, this is kind of working, but it still sucks. But what's the biggest pain point that I have? And it was actually moving classes. So the first thing about Factor, it wasn't auto-completion or anything like that. It was just move a class. That was it. like that was the first piece of functionality, um, <laughs> and I still use that, bit probably more
0: yeah you know, today as well. <laughs> yeah, because then you, um, yeah, if you're going to move a class, you also need to like update said so like put it into a different directory and update the namespace, and there's like various other. If you're going to rename it, you have to rename the file itself as well. So there's a few steps involved with doing that. Yeah, well, though, those those are the, forward, users, you like, might the think. hard
1: bits is iterating through all of the files in, in the project and renaming the, the use cases. Mm-hmm. And if you change the namespace and you depended on classes that were in that namespace, you need to add the, the imports in the new namespace as well and things like that, um, which I actually think Factor doesn't do it very well, but um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, need to, to fix that. Um, in the next decade
0: or so, yeah. <laughs> the project's been going for a few years, both uh, PHP Bench and Factor from what I can say, I looked at GitHub on both the GitHub repos, and they seem to have been going for, for quite a while.
1: Yeah, about, as I say, both about seven or eight years, I think.
0: Yeah. do you, is, is Factor, go
1: on. I well, it's just going to say it's a bit. It's, 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 it's such a long time for a project. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, I mean, Considering you know my career is like what 16 years or something, you know it's it's almost half of my of my career has been you know I've been developing those projects, um, which shows as well if you look at <laughs> at some of the factor code, you know it's, it's about the time that I started learning about DDD and um, and you know and hexagonal architecture and stuff like that and value objects and all that sort of thing. So it's it's it was kind of my first attempt at that and also also applying packaging principles. Um, yeah, yeah and uh, I like to think I've improved in, in, in seven years I'm not <laughs> yeah. entirely sure if I have um, but yeah I so I can look at some of the code and think yeah that that was definitely written seven years ago yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I get this I look back at code that you wrote a couple of weeks or a few months or a few years ago and then it's like yeah if you're all sort of put off by your, the code you wrote before you haven't improved I think that's why I've I've seen people yeah. say before um, I think the, the,
1: perhaps the funny thing is uh, it's almost like I tried too hard like seven years ago like I really tried to separate everything and have all these different layers um, which is good but I think I went too far so I had like I think 50 repositories in factor so okay. everything was a separate package um, everything was segregated by by its dependencies and it, it was just a nightmare to maintain right it's 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 one of those lessons i'm glad I learned in my own time yeah. you know rather than in a you know in a in a job um which is it's is a great benefit of doing open source product, you know a, apart from you know for me it's kind of a hobby it's kind of fun um but it's also a great way to try out things that you might not feel comfortable doing in in a professional environment um so yeah i mean i went I would say I went too far. You know, I I went well over the top um, and it became very difficult to maintain. About four years ago, I just collapsed it all into a monorepo. And instead of like, it was like, you know, I want to fix a bug. Um, Before that time, it was like, I need to fix this bug. It touches this package and that package and that package. I'd have to tag that package, tag this package, fix that thing, find out it doesn't work, tag that one again and sort of repeat. And, you know, fixing a bug would take, hours um and yeah with with the money repo now it's it's yeah i fixed like six bugs in in two hours you know
0: yeah but at uh, the end of the day you're doing this on your own doing this on your own time as well like in your own free time so Mm -hmm. and you're not getting presumably sort of paid for doing this work so you wanted to make it as enjoyable as you can if you're like oh it's going to take me six hours to do this bug or something that's (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> not the best uh, thing for anybody, but no. I suppose. I suppose. Um, yeah. The other thing I've seen is some sort of meme was like, junior developer keeps everything simple, one big function or something, and then senior developer is make everything abstract and microservices and blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, like, lead developer or whatever it was, and it goes back to the simple way again. So, but I think yeah. it's um, yes, it's still it's, a learning it's... process, isn't it? It's like learning which bit fits where, and, and there's no right answer either. Depends on, yeah, the many different things.
1: It, 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 it's, it is accurate as well, you know that that process, you know, but it's it's going over that curve, but at the end of it, knowing the right amount of abstraction and 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 mm-hmm. and architecture you need without putting too much in, you know, it's just making that perfect like maintainable unit.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's no again, like no right answer to what the right amount is. It it depends. Or, or so many different things. <laughs>
1: Famously. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's strange. So, yeah, the other one of the most recent episodes I had on was uh, talking about technical debt. So, is, like, are there any big technical debt pieces in, in I'd imagine there are if they've been around for, for so long? Or are you, uh, are you good at keeping it on top of? it? nothing but playing.
1: technical debt, really. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, so there's, there's some significant technical debt there's there's technical debt which i class as problem and there's technical debt which i don't really care about and it's the problem ones that are annoying right um Mm -hmm. what's a good example i mean there's yeah like the, the code updating in factor is awful like it's it kind of works like you can add um you can generate methods you can generate classes you can Extract methods. You can do all this sort of thing. You can automatically add properties, complete the constructor, all that sort of thing. But the code that does it is frightening. Like, really. Um, <laughs> like, what was I thinking? Um, yeah. And it, there's so many lo- little things that could be fixed, but I'm just scared to touch that code because it's 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 mind blowing. Um, although the it nice works. thing is, again, <laughs> in fact, one of the one of the results of having this really strict kind of discipline to start with of putting everything into separate packages is that there are sort of units of chaos in factor, but they are actually quite um, isolated. So yeah, the code builder package is horrible, but it's just the code builder package. So mm-hmm. it's, it's horribleness doesn't spread from <laughs> from its, its package second, boundaries. contained. At least, at least yeah. not in theory. Yeah. Um, yeah that's
0: interesting. So it's still yeah it, it's still separate packages. Sorry. It's just, it's in one repository now. It was in multiple repositories before.
1: It, yeah, there's there's nothing actually enforcing these boundaries anymore. Um, apart from my sort of discipline, it would be nice, and it's been on my list for some time to sort of add something like Deptrak, um or PHPAT or some automated architecture sniffer uh, to to ensure that these these sort of boundaries are, are respected, right? And you sort of can control the the outgoing and incoming sort of dependencies, um, you know, apply those rules to keep the code okay. Um, but at the moment, it's it's just, yeah, it's kind of an honor system, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen um, PestPHP has put architectural tests in there as well. So you can sort of say that if it's within this directory, it should invoke these classes or... Or not, or something I thought was quite interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, PHPAT is actually made by one of my ex colleagues now from my previous job. Um, and that, that works as a PHP stand plugin, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So you write your tests. Um, but what happens is PHP STAN, it's, it registers as a PHP Stan extension. So whilst PHP STAN's running, it's also running your okay. architecture tests, which is pretty neat. So you've got like all the like say power of like PHP stands analysis system. Um and, and you're running it at the same time. So you only run one static right. analysis pass, if you like. Um, which is quite neat. So I should probably look into that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Actually it was brought up as at uh, one of the PHP Southwest meetups fairly recently and Dave Lidman was doing a given a talk about php stan uh, as he does often and and this was brought up about architectural tests i think it it was mentioning so yeah adding things into the language i think it was that that talk he did that night oh, and um, yeah, it's,
1: it's language extensions yeah
0: mm, i think it was that one That so, someone had brought up this this question and the way he was sort of saying this could do this and, and that yeah it sounded like that's a php php stan extension so that's also my list of things to look at to look at a bit, a bit yeah. more so um factor so you said it's in multiple packages and multiple in in one repo now um so is it yeah i think it's right it's a separate standalone because so i think of it as like an lsp that i can plug into vim but i believe it's also just a standalone sort of cli tool as well something you can just run on a command line or yeah I that,
1: that was all that again this is historical really so initially like the first, like I said, I mentioned before, the first thing that Factor ever did was move classes. That was just a CLI command. It's still there. You can do Factor class move, and that was the first thing that went into Factor. Um, and at that point, I just wanted to make like a CLI application and a Vim plugin. So the Vim plugin would just call the CLI. Right. Um, so that's that's how it started, started off, and it still is to some extent. I'm, I'm not really sure. People would use it in development for development purposes as a CLI tool. But you, you can to some extent. I um, mean there's, there's this thing with factors, the sort of legacy factor and the new factor. Um, so the legacy factor like I started off as a CLI symphony console application. Um, it then and then as, as it started supporting things like auto completion and um, like contextual menus. So the Vim plugin, you had this sort of context menu and the auto completion, um, and lots of other stuff. Like, um, and that was working over this custom, this custom RPC protocol. So what was happening was the Vim plugin was sending um, a JSON payload um, to the to to Factor over standard standard IO, and Factor was just spinning up as a single process. Starting out the, the the response and then closing down. So each mm-hmm. each request was it was basically the the process starts, the process finishes. So it, it just it was a CLI application still, but it was taught, it was being communicated with over a JSON protocol. So that was the first step towards. And I I gave a talk at Vim. Um, I just moved to Berlin at the time. I think it was about six or seven years ago. And I went to Vimfest, which is this this vim festival you know this Vim conference <laughs> um, there, there were about ten people there um, I think the year before Bram um, Molinar, uh, i can 't remember if I can pronounce his name correctly was there so' it's, it's this big vim festival of actually surprisingly few people that there, there, So <laughs> it was like ten or fifteen people in this in this vimfest conference um, but I gave a talk there, and then the, the the lead maintainer of i think he's the lead maintainer. Of Neovim then um, suggested, well, why don't you just use LSP? I said, well, I, I don't, I haven't really looked at LSP, so I don't really know what that is. Um, but yeah, apparently it's this language server protocol, right? Um, which all the toolkits the were starting to use, and and which Microsoft basically released into the into the world um, with their VS Code editor, right? Um, So the idea was that anything could plug in to VS Code or any um, server, uh, sorry, client, any um, text editor um, that supported the LSP protocol um, could talk to any LSP backend, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So very slowly and over, I think a couple of years or maybe even longer, um, I implemented a language server Factor so Factor was no longer just a CLI application; it was a long-running process, mm-hmm. um, which is, is which was a huge shift, really. Like it's going from this very um, yeah simple kind of single-purpose process thing to a big long run process that just keeps running in the background. Um, and you know, I had to use um, amp PHP like an async um, library to do that. So I had to learn a lot about async programming. And yeah, there, there were lots of challenges with that. I, I wrote a language server package, um, which you can actually use to write your own language server. But I thought that was important for some reason, although I don't think anybody else has implemented a language server using my package. But <laughs> mm-hmm. actually, I think some, some but they could. One, one person started a Laravel one. Um, but then they just decided to write an extension for Factor instead um so yeah as far as i know Factor's the only language server that uses the factor language server um package yeah but it's still, it's still there if you listen to this and you want to build a language server you, you can it's it's easy with that package yeah mm-hmm. um yeah but yeah, yeah i mean but 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 now that i'd say the migration's almost done like it was really a one by one um feature by feature migration, so all, all of the refactorings had to be re-implemented or wrapped in a in a code action. So this was the, so if you were to complete the constructor like before we had promoted properties or whatever you want to, you'd always have to yeah add your constructor and then assign the variables and then add the properties and factor, for example, automated that, that was called the complete constructor refactoring and yeah, all of these refactorings had to be kind of, made available as code actions in language server protocols and this is an interesting concept actually so with code actions um you just in neo then at least you basically say can you tell me what actions are available in this text document
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and so when at least for me i, I you know I, I press this shortcut i think it's comma ca or something like that. and yeah if there's anything wrong with the code and factor can fix it. it will he'll suggest to you to 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 apply these these refactorings, whether it's like generate a method or complete the constructor or import this class. Um, so it's it's quite it's quite a good way of doing it, I think. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's really like one thing at a time, migrating all these features. And it probably took I don't know. Um, it's still ongoing. I think ninety percent. Ninety-five percent of Factor's legacy features are now supported in, in in the language server. So yeah, the migration is is basically complete. I think it's
0: yeah. Yeah, I've started using Factor in my Vim setup for a while, and sort of using it in collaboration with uh, IntelliFence plugins. Of oh yeah. It. Was something I think telephone just, it was faster in some bigger Drupal projects or something. I'm using yes. a combination of both, um, but need to maybe look at it again and see if I can I'm using it for. I think they generate classes and moving like those those refactors and, and code actions you were talking about, but the general sort of auto completion. I think is still done by IntelliFence, I think might to look at it.
1: Yeah, that's um, that's Factor's biggest piece of technical debt or biggest problem at least at the moment. It's um, yeah, the the static essentially the static analyzer which analyzes your code um, and is able to then resolve whatever type the thing that your cursor's on and provide yeah. But to do that, it has to analyze like the the code paths, which is incredibly incredibly complicated, right? So if you're in an if statement and you say if this class this if this variable is an instance of this class, well then if you're in that if branch and that condition is true, then you know that that variable is in that class and you can provide auto-completion on it, right? You can provide help for it, say it's of this type. If you're outside of that branch, you don't, but you know, then you have an S, you, you, you could have that if branch and you could say return. So within the if branch, you say, if it's of this class and return, then you know that it's not that class after that if branch. So you you've got this sort of, crazy amount of analysis to do to figure out what things are logically so this is actually what php stan is and, and some you know uh, exceller um and and factor is yeah it's far behind what, what they can do um but it <laughs> you know it's uh it's like the jack sparrow of of static analyzers or something yeah um you know if it It works well enough for its purpose but it's it's still slow um I kind of know why it's slow it could be twice as fast um but yeah, it's just an immense amount of work um to to refactor stuff like that you know it's it's yeah it's very <laughs> very very complicated um yeah, but
0: definitely. yeah that's cool yeah i remember um I'll put a link to it in the episode notes, but um jess Archer from Lara, uh, Laravel team did a, a series on Laracast about neovim as a, a PHP IDE uh, and had a an episode on factor in there. So I'll put a link oh. to that in the note as well, which is which is cool. Maybe what brought it back onto my back onto my radar actually. But uh that's cool. Um okay so PHP bench. Um I'm probably gonna be a little bit uh in my mind, about, I, I I know it does benchmarking. Uh, I don't know so much more than that. So I'm sure you could explain. But In, in my head, it's more like you know, I have a function or I have something that runs. It takes X amount of time to run and then over time we make sure it doesn't get slower or drop below a certain boundary or something like that. Is that, is that roughly how that works? Or?
1: It's, it's essentially PHP unit for time. So okay. you're not asserting the correctness, although, yeah, you can, um, of mm-hmm. the code, you're asserting that it runs, it's, it's gaining an accurate or a, a better picture of how fast is this this code. I mean, essentially, you've probably at some point, I think everybody has at some point in their career written a for loop that goes for X equals zero. while well, you know, do this a hundred thousand times um, and then you do an MD5 or you know whatever you want to time, and then so you, you loop this code that you want to find out about so many times, and you divide it by the number of iterations to get this average time. Um, you can debate whether well, that's a good way of finding out how fast something is, um, but that's essentially what Factor started off doing, I guess. So it's it's running your code. Um, you know, if you've got a PHP unit test um you've got your test case and you've got your test methods and all the methods are prefixed with test and fact, the PHP bench is exactly the same except it's prefixed with bench right um and then you can say how many times you want that for loop to go so you want, you want to repeat that a thousand times so you're going to start recording like it sorry PHP bench will mark the the, the time stamp before the for loop starts essentially and then once the for loop finishes it will you know, you'll see the difference, you know, give you the, the wall time for that piece of code. Um, but it's, yeah, it, but it does more than that. So like I say, it's, it's debatable whether, you know, doing that for loop is actually a good idea or not. Um, but what fact, PHP is, they're kind of similar, aren't they, so let's <laughs> start with PHP. Um, what PHP is doing is actually, it will spin up multiple processes um so instead of taking one sample it will take yeah 10 samples or you know 100 samples um and once it's got these you know for for your piece of code you'd have 10 um yeah wall times if you like um and then ph bench is going to give you um what is essentially the mode it's kind of like the average, right? It's not the average, um, because if you have the average, you might have, um, yeah, a sample here that's 10. You might have a sample that's 11, a sample that's 10.5, a sample that's 10.7, and then you're going to have a 20. You know, and the 20 is just going to move the average too far out, right? Um, yeah. So pH Bench is giving you the mode, which is the KDE mode, something called the Kernel Density Estimate, um, and it, it basically plots like a, a curve over these over these these, these samples, and it, it basically picks out where the curve is highest. Um, which, but, but basically, all you need to know is that it's the most probable value. So it gives you a, a much better idea of you know the the actual or you know true value, um, a be- better guess of what the true value is. Um so but it's also measuring the me- memory usage um and it's providing an insane amount of reporting. So you you can generate like HTML reports with it, um with graphs and tables and tabs. And it's got like I, I went a bit mental with the 1.0 release, I think. I spent like some months um, adding like an expression language or like a uh, parser and an evaluator um, and you've got like syntax highlighting for this expression language that nobody knows, right? It was, uh, I'm not sure if it's a good idea to write an expression language that's like completely new, um, but, but I did. Um, but it's it's yeah, so you've got this expression language, and you can use it to generate reports, but you can also use it for assertions, so you can say that um actually the the average time or the mode should be less than that um yeah, the memory usage should be less than that but greater than this or or whatever you like right um so it's it's a very simple concept, which I made incredibly um complicated, I think, yeah. <laughs>
0: And what's, what's the use case for this? Is, is it something you're not going to probably put it unless you've got a requirement for a, a client project that's like, we need this to run in less than 300 milliseconds or something. But I see it used on oh, like think Doctrine ORM and I've seen others of open source projects using it. So is it more... Yeah, like an a, awful
1: lot of open source projects are using it. Um, the, the use case really, I mean, as much as we'd like to be able to catch performance issues in CI, that would be the, you know, that's that's the that's what everybody wants, right? They want to say, oh, I've just added a for loop in the wrong place and yeah, you know, now I've got like everything takes 10 times longer. You know, I want to catch that in CI. And with PHP, you can do that. You know, if it's going to be 10 times longer or even five times longer. The problem with catching things in CI is that you don't know what runner you don't know the hardware or the the, alloc- the resource allocation that this this CI process has, so you can have the same code and it can have very different times from one run to the other. So while you you can sort of have a smoke test and say yeah that's obviously like taking a hundred times longer than it should, um, actually catching like minor performance regressions is 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 quite difficult. And the way that I use PHP Bench is really on a local development basis. So I see oh you know this this code is really slow um so I write a benchmark for it um, and with Piercia bench you can tag so you can I can run the code on master and I can tag the results um I can then switch branches make my optimizations and I can reference the results and yeah that basically allows me to see my like, changes in memory usage change in the in the in the wall time um and and really see like What's yeah? What's the improvement? Um, and additionally, it has some good XDebug um, integration. So if you've got a benchmark um, and you want to see the, the the profile for that, um, you can run XDebug profile and it will generate a cache grind output and um, and even open the GUI. So you know, if you're using Blackfire or, or, or Tideways, and you're used to getting these sort of um, burn down, well, not burn down job, but it's called like the cool graph um, diagram. Um, you know, saying which functions are called and which functions. Um, you can do that with Xdebug. It's just that normally it's a real pain to do that, right? You need to mm-hmm. do all sorts of, of stuff. Um, but PHP right. automates that, um, which is very useful, and it's, and it's also scoped to the thing that you're Benchmarking. So you can really focus in on that piece of code that you're trying to optimize.
0: Yeah, just got the uh, PHP Bench GitHub repo open and just look at some of the screenshots in there and uh, screenshots running a test against the baseline. That looks, yeah, lots of things and numbers and things in there. Lots but of numbers. Aggregate... Yeah. Sorry?
1: Lots, lots of, of the... numbers. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we've got an aggregated report and then we've got uh, bar charts HTML bar charts console bar charts yeah i think i've seen maybe i've seen some of these before um uh, previously but yeah, i do remember lots of lots of numbers lots of bar charts um things so con- console bar chart is quite interesting um i don't think i've seen a console yeah. bar chart before
1: yeah this is this is this almost brings us on to the next topic which is like
0: PHP to it, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, <it's> just pre- <laughs> PHP to you know. yeah. <laughs> yes, we were we were both both at PHP Southwest in Bristol a couple of months ago. Um, Lightning talks. Yes, your your talk there is on on PHP two So that was that was quite interesting. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> so when I when I wrote PHP Bench 1.0, um I mean even even PHP Bench. 1.0, it had some some sort of um, pretty nice. I'd say like some pretty. I, I find them impressive, right? You know, it's, it's all, when you run some of the PSU Bench um, reports. I remember doing it actually at PHP Southwest, like at, at seven years ago. I went to PHP Southwest seven years ago. I did a talk on PHP Bench, um, and I remember like running like some of the reports or running some of the progress loggers, and there'd be like this gasp, like wow, that's that's really cool um you know so ph bench i've always liked to make like stuff look good in the console you know not only look good but you know i really want to give information you know visually um in in the console the the nice thing about you know the console is it's it's very uniform you know you don't have to mess about with windows and dragging stuff and like oh I've got this window how do i move it or what's going to happen to it it's going to spawn more windows everywhere you know, having everything in the terminal, it's 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 nice. It's it's minimal, and it's it's for me, it's it's very informative, right? I mean, the HTML reports are, yeah, you can get more detail, sure, but you know, if you just want a, a quick look at something, um, you can't really beat just stuff there on the terminal, you know, and on on what you just run. Um, so yeah, the pH Bench 1.0 bought in like these pretty Cool um, bar charts. And about that time, I was thinking, well, you know, I'm looking at like these Go libraries and these Rust libraries, and they're, they're doing stuff, you know, like 3D animated cubes in the console. And, um, you know, people are displaying images in the console and, you know, window managers in the console. And I thought, well, it'd be nice if we could do that in PHP, right? Wouldn't it? You know. Um, so I, I started a couple of times, and I, I thought, this is incredibly difficult. And then I stopped um, until a couple of months ago when I was made redundant um, from a job that I only got in January. So I was, working well, six months, seven months in this job. Um, and then made redundant. So then I had like, all this spare time. And I thought, well, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm going to... And I, before that, I was working a lot with Rust. So one of my spares, one of the things I've been doing on the weekends for the last two years, or on and off, um is working with rust and working with a piece of software, with a library called ratatui which is a tui library ratatui is based on something called rust tui um which is also about 7 or 8 years old i think um but ratatui is this new version um because the original one was is not maintained anymore so the community sort of yeah took over
0: so tui tui t- be a what terminal terminal user interface
1: terminal user oh. interface
0: yeah. okay make sure i got that right in my head yeah yeah, yeah it's basically. also
1: like a travel agent um in germany which causes some confusion um but yeah <laughs> terminal user interface so neo has a tui right um i don't know what else has a tui uh, lots of things have tuis um but yeah we're probably familiar with Vim and NeoVim and things like that um and emacs and all these other things and that they have tuis it's a terminal user interface um so I I'd, I'd started working, I, before that I didn't. I I, I loved using TUIs, but I had no idea how to program in one. I had no idea how to make a TUI, which is where, where I always became undone. It's like, well, how do I approach this? You know, if I was going to design an MVC framework for the web, you know, I've been doing that for on my my entire life, my entire web development life anyway. Um, so you know, I've got a pretty good idea how to approach that problem, but you know, I had to make a TUI framework, and you know, I've got. Not even any real, you know, um, experience in in writing like modern front end apps, which are vaguely similar, you know, or even just apps with a long running process, right? I mean, apart from the language server. Um, although, you know, it's not a GUI app, for example, would be quite similar, like a similar parallel. But I had no, you know, the last time with that was Visual Basic or something like that. It's like a long time ago. So. Yeah, over the last two years, I started making um, like some things in Rust, both to learn Rust and to learn this this 2 framework and, and learn how it, how it's done. Um, so I made like a timesheet logger, which sounds quite boring. Um, but you know, I always every time I start want to learn a new language, um, I, I need a I need a project, right? This is the way I do it. And so this so I started learning Symphony and things like that all those years ago, you know, I needed a project at the time for Symphony. It was like uh, an application written in MongoDB to, to log my, my runs and my sport activity. Um, and for Rust, it was a plain text time logger. So I needed to log my time at work. Um, and I love doing this in plain text. Um, so the plain text time logger was something that would pass these timesheets and create reports. Um, so that was my first thing. And then I did another one which was the Strava uh, Tui, um which was really good. So that basically connected as a client to Strava um, and pulled down all your, your runs from Strava and gave you lots of information in a way that is for me it's easier to digest to digest this information, to look at these numbers again with the numbers um, than it would have been on the on the on the mobile app um, and to some extent on the desktop desktop app as well. And, you know, with with a TUI framework, you could also, it draws maps, right? <laughs> you can actually draw a map in in, in the terminal, which is pretty cool. Um, so anyway, that, all that's just to say that, you know, I spent some time working in this thing called Ratatouille. Um, so when I was made redundant, I thought, well, what if I just port Ratatouille to PHP? I thought, well, okay, so I, was, I just wrote like, the unit test um calling the, the ratatouille api and and then i just went from there basically um and yeah long long story short I, you know i had to like create a couple of big dependencies so it's not just ratatouille ratatouille uses something called um cross term um cross term is basically an abstraction for the terminal so it's the thing that writes all the escape codes to the terminal that, that reads the input from the user from the terminal. Um, so I had to implement that. That was a separate project. That was the PHP term project. Um, and also the layout algorithm. So if you've got your window manager, um, or especially a tiling window manager, and you split the screen into and then you split it again, then you make that bit so big and that bit so big, or even a grid system on a web page, right? You say that this is three columns, but if you resize it, then that column should collapse and and all this sort of thing. So this is this layout algorithm. Um we didn't do that itself. It used the cassowary. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. <laughs> um it's a bird apparently cassowary, I don't know. Um but anyway it's an algorithm that sort of figures out the constraints. It's a constraint solving algorithm um which I implemented and it took I think Yeah, too many days because I didn't understand any of it. um, And I didn't understand any of the code I was pausing. Um, I was just had, but I had to convert it from Rust to PHP. And so I just kept grinding through it um, until it worked. And yeah, it it works. It works fine now. Um, So your
0: talk talk in Bristol was like you were using PHP2E to do the talk on PHP2E, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Yeah, and I fixed the bug as well. If you if you're interested, the bug that I found that I think oh, yeah, I fixed, I fixed it finally. Yeah. Hey. Um,
0: yeah. But I think you had a map but, in that section section as well, didn't you? Uh, showing a, a map of world map or something was was in there. Remember? Oh
1: yeah, that's that. For some reason, Ratatouille comes with like a specific um, yeah shape, for, which just shows the world map. It's like it's it's a feature show the world map. I don't know why what you know it's just showing off i think i don't think there's any practical reason to to show the world map in in particular um but yeah i ported that and at at this point it's like the whole project is everything's there apart from the calendar widget which i don't care about so everything's there (laughs) like all the widgets all the shapes um yeah um it's Still got I'd say some rough edges, um which which you can kind of expect, I guess, but yeah, I mean now I, I could write my my Strava application in PHP. I could write my time logging okay. application in PHP. Um I could write NeoVim in PHP, which I considered, but
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be an interesting one. Um, yeah, yeah. The,
1: I think it's it's about time we had like an editor that's written in PHP. You know, so we have a PHP language server, a PHP editor written in PHP. You know,
0: what would you call it? You have to think of some
1: interesting,
0: interesting yeah, interesting name. Yeah, PHP editor, PHP Vim. Which that would be like, is it is, is it pronounced Vim or Vim? Yeah, I don't know. Be <laughs> some interesting, interesting things. But yeah, I mean, actually, like PHP itself has been used for some interesting. The so I think recently, so obviously you've got PHP 2.0 we talk about now, um, Jess Archer again has, has been doing Laravel prompts based on like the node prompt system. So uh, an mm-hmm. alternative to or extension to Symfony uh, CLA commands or something. Uh, so instead of using, it's sort of a layer on top of console component that adds uh, more 2.0. I'm not explaining this very well at all, but alternative ways of doing it so that like you can auto complete and sort of do loops and use things in it. So I'll uh have to find a okay. I think it looks really cool. I, I saw a uh, give you a talk about it in a discussion around it. Could Symphony actually um use it as well, potentially, but something to do with oh, yeah. uh PHP on Windows bug or there's there's something going on, but yeah.
1: yeah Fabian announced that the gone the Symphony terminal component. Terminal. Mm-hmm. Which which I I remember looking at thinking ah, so all all of these years, like all the last seven or eight years, you know, ever since PF there's been no terminal. Uh, there's been no two E library. And and now there's gonna be two <laughs> at the same time. <laughs>
0: yeah. How many components so, are there now? There seem to be a lot of them. I remember when I was at oh, God, Symphony plenty, Live, yeah. which must be I think they just brought out uh was it string or something that come out then and then there's uh i one there was a messenger it seemed to always be always be new ones coming out now all the time
1: yeah yeah they've got we've got all sorts uh scheduler was another new one so you can mm-hmm. you don't you can have a long-running you can have one of the workers when your messenger workers um will, will basically be able to sort of emit messages to your your um your messaging system, so it can kind of act like a cron. Like right? you say, I want every minute, I want this worker to fire a message, um, yeah. and things like that, which is pretty cool. Um, if if that's if you've already got Messenger and you need to to sort of do stuff like that, um, yeah, there's definitely some interesting stuff going on in Symfony well, we got, as always.
0: Yeah, and then we've got the alternative side. It's so where we've got people building desktops app desktop apps in PHP as well. I saw that happening a little <laughs> while ago, so I'm not sure yeah. how that would work. So yeah, I'm not,
1: I'm not sure that's a good idea, but it's probably not a good idea to create a TUI in PHP either. I mean, you can <laughs> just use Rust, but, um, but it makes it more accessible, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. you, you can build yeah. a GUI in Python, you can build a TUI in Python, Like, would you? Well, if you know Python, yes, but if you knew another language, probably not. Um, and the same with Node in JavaScript, but it just makes it more accessible to people, doesn't it? No like it's not the best language to do it i'd say um but yeah it, it it gives people the opportunity to to fill these spaces i guess um and you know some really awesome software has been written um in these languages um
0: yeah yeah i think i came into it from doing a small martial arts school website that was html and css and then started doing php and then started doing drupal and everything so that's how i got into it from a very sort of typical say php database mysql website approach so yeah i mm-hmm. could do that and then start building tui or you know, something else as well uh, and maybe that's a jumping point into another language or you know picking up some like go or rust or something else but yeah you know, if i can do it in the language that's- i know we're more likely to do that without learning complete other language maybe maybe i don't want to learn another language for some reason
1: yeah i mean that's that's i mean there's the more paradigms that sort of php adopts the easier it is for php developers to to work with with something else you know if you're using async um libraries in php you've been able to do that for some years now um you know you're already in a better position to understand what's going on in node application right or in a, a go application mm-hmm. even even though they use slightly different concepts um, uh, so yeah I think it's yeah it's interesting and then PHP more and more I think is going to be it's probably going to evolve you know so you've got more long running processes and you've got this um, you know the, the one of the latest things with PHP of course is sort of self self hosting binaries so you know you can ship PHP application mm-hmm. as a binary. Um, oh yeah, and this binary is is actually just it's just got a copy of PHP inside of it. You know, you, you're no. basically shipping PHP and your script.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, which is yeah, I saw, uh, saw Ryan Weaver doing something on on YouTube about that I think recently, and I was still assuming it was like a, a build a CLI tool something like what. uh is it a humbug box or something over like that that, that tool is yeah. called sort of complex. so i thought it was something like that but it's like no it is an actual like it's got a web server built into it and and everything so yeah it's a lot a lot going on there so yeah, yeah Frankens- frankenstein php
1: is, is yes in that's right involved it does this as well I don't, I don't know i haven't really used frank frankenstein php is it called frankenstein yeah, php
0: yeah or franken frank php or something franken
1: like php yes. that's it yeah uh, yeah yeah so uh, that's another about that recently Interesting one, yeah. So I think you know, th- over time, I think is PhDs can become more, more of a long-running thing. It's gonna, you're gonna be involved in in different, yeah, paradigms. I think from other languages, mm-hmm. um, which is yeah. which is good. Um, and maybe also, you know, who knows? Maybe people start moving to PhD from other languages for some reason. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, some of the speaking of Ryan Weaver again. You know, he's showing some of the new twig things. Uh, as well, and it looks very Vue.js um, inspired. Some mm-hmm. of these things that, that's potentially going to be going to the new newer version of Twig, which I think is you know, from a working on a team that does uh, so sort of PHP and JavaScript, and primarily Twig and Vue.js. You know, to be able to sort of make those two, make that transition easier for people to sort of have to train them up on two different ways of doing it, I think mm-hmm. is uh, is really interesting. Just, yeah, yeah, reduces that, lowers that barrier again. Interesting times or fun times coming up, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. This has been uh, yeah, great. Um I feel like we could talk about these things for another couple of hours, maybe. Um but yeah, let's let's wrap it up. And uh, where can people find you online, Dan, if people wanna ask you anything about these um, questions or anything else?
1: Yeah, people people can find me on, on FosterDon. So I'm so that's mastered Um so Dan T. Leach, I think you just type in Dan T. Leach, D A N T L E E C H, and you can find me on FosterDon um, or any MasterDon instance, I guess. Um, you can also find me on the Symphony Slack. If you're in the Symphony Slack, you can find me there. Um, I think that's pretty much it, really. really? Um, I think I'm on Discord as well, somehow. I don't know how that works, but yeah. <laughs> you can find that. And, and of course, on GitHub, um, Dan T. Leach. I'm dancing leech everywhere, basically. So just type in dancing leech and hope for the best.
0: <laughs> That's great. And then yeah, these these projects are all in um, GitHub repos and organizations as well. So I'll put the links in for Bench, yeah. bench, bhty, and everything as well, um, along with some other things we've discussed. Uh, so yeah, thanks for joining me today, Dan. It's been a really good discussion, and thanks everyone for listening to the Beyond Blocks podcast. I'm Oliver Davis. Thank you.